Hi, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieV47, from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? I just, I can't remember. I just can't remember. To listen to this show, find us on 4iradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. I just can't remember! (laughs) How can you know if it fits your personality when you don't even remember what your personality is? I just can't. Who am I? This is part two of a two-parter that the uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series is doing. So, you know, if you didn't listen to last week's, it might be helpful to do that because it was kind of set up there. But yeah, let's jump into it. I don't have anything, any kind of prelude, <laughs> really, because we talked about everything last week, pretty much. Uh, we, we'll have a little bit of stuff. Uh, the episode, t- so uh, sorry, I am all out of sorts right off the bat. Uh, maybe I've I've been zapped by the neuro neutralizer too, because I just <laughs> am all all off the wall, off the ball right now, just totally off my game, off everything. The series we're talking about. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Is currently available on Disney Plus, uh, also available for purchase on other digital platforms. And like the last episode, if you have your if you have your hands on the Ultimate Villain Showdown DVD or like find it for cheap anywhere and want to have this episode physically, like this episode is actually on that DVD. One of the few episodes of this show that is on uh, on physical media right now legally. So so weird. So weird. Uh, the episode in question is Spider-Man the Animated Series, uh, Season 3, Episode 3, entitled The Sins of the Fathers, Chapter 3, Attack of the Octobot. The synopsis per IMDb is, Dr. Octopus has captured Spider-Man and erases his memory. Now it's up to Tyena to save him. Not Tina. No, yeah, they got it right this time. This is, that was a good <laughs> synopsis. The, the title of this episode is funny because, like, the Octobot is not really, like, that prominent in the episode, I feel no. like. Uh, so it's kind of fun. A little misleading, but <laughs> I like it. It's very comic booky. The original air date for this episode was May 11th, 1996. Um, the writing credits are, are are similar people who wrote to last week. So we already talked about them last week. Story by John Semper. Teleplay by Meg McLaughlin and John Semper. Hey, guess what? What? Part of this episode, like a big piece of this episode... Is from comics I literally just read by sheer oh, neat. coincidence. Neat. Yeah. The whole like Doc Ock convincing a memory wiped Spider-Man that he's a villain. And the way that it happens is actually pretty similar too. In the in the comics, it's a technology nullifier that happens to work on Spider-Man because his blood is radioactive or something. Sure. Uh, and in this, it's a neural neutralizer. Well, okay. Yeah. Of course. No little girl, though. There's no child in the comics. I think he just... I don't really remember how he gets his memory back, TBH. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I, don't I was know if wondering. It's done as well as this, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, because the little girl stuff, like all the all the Taina stuff, is like that kid who collected Spider Man comic, right? So, and that's totally separate from from this. Like they combine those two stories. Is that right? Yeah, that that's yeah, yeah. In that it's not a part of what I've read. I think it must come later because I haven't gotten to that that kid that she's a reference to. I like that they did this then because I feel like it's such a seamless like it makes a lot of sense for these two stories like this two-parter to be what it is like it makes sense to kind of fuse those two stories together into this like I like that that's the case because I wasn't sure how the comics had it structured like how how close it was to it because I I feel like that whole first episode is dealing with like Spider-Man's actual memory remembering how he became spider-man as he like talks to this you know talks to this little girl and then this episode is about him not having a memory and trying to remember because of the little girl like it's so perfect and like seamless you know the like forming those things together yeah it makes a lot of sense um yeah. and i don't really know the context for the kid that tying is based on like i don't know if this was an element of that story in the comics as well but you know it works here yeah it's cool it's good i like it <laughs> we do get uh, a character here that is featured more than I remembered them being featured because I do kind of remember these episodes. Um, and that is Mousy the cab driver. <laughs> Mousy the Jamaican cab driver, uh, who is voiced by Anne Marie Johnson, who is is a black woman, so they got that. Uh, but as far as I can tell, is not Jamaican or from Jamaica or sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah. but she's surprised. at least a like trained impressionist who's a woman of color. So they're they're improving. <laughs> yeah. Uh I probably could have guessed that she wasn't Jamaican though. I don't think it was that great. <laughs> do you know do you know what's super funny hmm. is so they also have Don Lewis on this show. I don't recall. I don't think she's in this episode, but like Don Lewis plays Terry mm-hmm. Lee. She also, Don Lewis also voices La Barbara on Futurama, who also is a Jamaican woman with like the exact same sort of kind of almost over the top Jamaican accent that this <laughs> character has. So honestly, when I was watching this, I just assumed it was Don Lewis. Cause it's like, Oh, she's just doing the voice that she'll do as La Barbara in a few years. Yeah. Nope, they got a whole other person doing the, yeah. the Jamaican accent. But you know what though? I, not to make this a whole tangent, but like I've, I can't fully trust any, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not Jamaican myself, obviously, so I don't know. I wouldn't know either way. But and, I also, and to like, be honest, I don't know if either of them are either. I just know that they are right. born and raised in Amer- in like the United States. Does but not mean was, they're not Jamaican. What I was going to say is that like I, I, I feel I don't want to say whether or not a Jamaican accent sounds bad, even if it does kind of sound fake to our ears, because there have been other instances of people doing very authentic Jamaican accents that – are like just specific to like specific areas of Jamaica that end mm. up uh, sounding really fake to Americans who are familiar <laughs> with like a certain subset subset of Jamaican accent, but yeah. are actually pretty authentic. I'm thinking if I feel like some people are listening might know exactly what I'm referring to. Cause there's a, a Buffy, the vampire slayer character oh, who was Jamaican who famously was like made fun of for like having like, wow, not a good actor because she's putting on this obviously fake Jamaican accent. And then like, it turned out like later on, it came out that the, um, 
the uh, whoever like the voice director. I don't know. I, don't, I forget what you'd call it. Whoever was like helping her coach. with her accent. Dialect coach. Yes, that's the word. The dialect coach actually was like went too like in too deep about it and was like pulling from a specific accent from a specific like town or area of Jamaica oh, wow. that's like hyper specific and was training the actress on that accent and <laughs> as far as anyone can tell she did that accent really well yeah. it's just that that accent like sounds really is like it's super everything is super enunciated you know so it sounds like a bad jamaican accent when it's just a very specific jamaican accent which still like either way isn't good because when your viewers watching it as an audience is still going to take you out of it so (laughs) yeah that's so funny yeah i mean it's a good thing to bring up though because like i mean i i can suspect that an accent isn't authentic i don't know if an accent is authentic so it's a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. But Anne-Marie Johnson, uh, she's appeared in dozens of television shows throughout the 80s and 90s through to today. But her longest running roles were as Althea Tibbs in uh, a show called In the Heat of the Night, Nadine on What's Happening Now, and as a cast member during the final season of In Living Color. Um, and she also had recurring roles on Melrose Place and Jag. Uh, so lots of TV stuff. There's some movies, but nothing that really stood out to me. Cool. Yeah, she's a fun character here um, mm-hmm. in spite of uh, a distracting but maybe authentic, I don't know, uh, yeah. or or accurate accent. Um, she's a fun character just for, like, what role she plays over the course of this episode, which, like I mentioned, was m- a much bigger one than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I like her a lot. She's really fun. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I guess we can just sort of dive right into what this one is all about. Um, You mentioned it is a continuation of last week's episode. Uh, We do get a recap uh, of of last week's episode, and I guess that's fine. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a standard like it hasn't always been, but uh, I guess here makes more sense than than ever. I I don't know. Yeah. Um, So this picks up like immediately where the last one left off, like moments, uh, just picks right back up. Spider-Man is passed out, uh, and Taina watches as Doc Ock deposits Spider-Man into his strange armored vehicle, which we did see last week, but didn't really comment on. Kind of just looks like Punisher's vehicle. It's Um, yeah, it's the exact same thing. (laughs) Is it actually? I don't. I I don't know if it actually is, but it feels like they just used that model and just like you know spruced it up and repainted it a little bit. It feels like it is. I don't think it's that different. It's like probably a different color, but that's about it. It's like it's a tank van with a ton of lines on it. Yeah, and a billion compartments because Doc Ock throws Spider Man into one sort of like trunk like compartment, and then Tyena like hops herself into (laughs) a smaller compartment and just stows away. It's just like I guess I'm going with. Not like I feel like that's a real hazard of that vehicle, like that you just have so many compartments that mm-hmm. th- th- anyone can open and just jump in. That can a per- pe- person size compartments, especially. Yeah, yeah. It seems to defeat the purpose of having like an armored vehicle if anybody can just open it up and hop right in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Doc Ock arrives at his destination, he uses what he calls a neural neutralizer to neutralize Spider-Man's senses and reflexes, which allows him to begin unmasking Spider-Man. We get a nice little cliffhanger commercial break moment here to wonder if he will, in fact, unmask Spider-Man. I think we all know what's going to happen, though. Of course he gets interrupted before he can take the mask off. <laughs> Wait, like what? Every villain ever does. What? <laughs> Impossible. 
Yeah, he's interrupted by the kingpin messaging him, um, asking about his uh, ox progress on what turns out to be like a shared interest in the argon matrix laser. Sure, yeah. So that's that's the that laser from the last episode, the one that can be programmed to affect specific types of matter, um, which makes it a potential medical marvel. So these guys are like extra bad in this one because it's like a medical device, like a potential really amazing medical device that they just want to steal for themselves to make money. Yeah. Cool guys. Cool. It's interesting though that Kingpin is sort of part of this episode even a little bit because I don't think he was really necessary. Well, he's not really necessary to the events of this episode, but what it does is I think it's preparing us for like a much heavier involvement of Kingpin in the just general events of this series, which we, we've, we, you know, are, are seeing, I think, uh, very apparently uh, if you like think back to the first two seasons, you know? Yeah. Like I think there's, I, it seems like they're just trying to be like, Oh, by the way, his fingers are in everything. Yeah. That's a good point. But, it, but, but I bring it up because it really doesn't affect much other than that. It like serves a purpose that's like bigger picture than the actual events of this or last episode. Yeah. I feel like it, it gave Ock someone to talk to in the last episode uh-huh. like to describe well like to describe like his plans because you know he did like all the, the octobot stuff was new and it give, gave him someone to show it off to and then they're sort of continuing that thread of kingpin was involved last week you can check in and say that that's still active but yeah mm-hmm. it just ultimately doesn't matter to the plot at all really yeah i think to have doc ock answer to anybody i think sets a particular expectation and hierarchy of how things are working in yeah. new york city during this season Makes sense. Totally makes sense. (laughs) Well, Doc Ock reveals to Kingpin that he's captured Spider-Man and reformatted his brain. And Kingpin, being a smart guy, is like, hey, that sounds like something I could use. I look forward to having Spider-Man brainwashed and on my team, which (laughs) he doesn't really get around to because Doc Ock, being a smart guy himself, is also like, I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of want that, so uh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Sorry, Kingpin, he's my toy. Which is kind of exactly how this episode plays out, which we sort of referenced already. So Spider-Man wakes up from being neutralized um, and realizes, oh no, I don't remember very much. Yeah. When he begins to come to, he's like, you know, he's he's re- revealing to us, the audience, that he literally just doesn't remember anything. He's got full-on amnesia, and Doc Ock takes advantage of it. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you were accidentally hit by this neutralizer when we were testing in preparation of a crime we were going to commit together because we're bad guys together. (laughs) Spider-Man's like, that feels weird, but I guess so. I really love that Doc Ock, again, is like, hey, uh, why don't you take off your mask? And then, like, maybe that'll help you think more clearly. Spider-Man's spider sense goes off, so he, like, doesn't let Ock take his mask off. Um, but what I love about it is that like Ock like respects him in that <laughs> in that moment. He's just like Spidey's like, oh, I'd rather not take the mask off right now because my, you know, tingling is happening and it's telling me to not take it off. And Ock's like, as you wish. All right. Anyway. And never asks him to take it off ever again through the entire episode. <laughs> he's just like, okay, you're comfortable like that. You do you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suspect he would have continued, you know, trying to sneak in ways but 
Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really push it, which is, he's like, which he's, is nice. He's gentle about it. He's like respectful enough. <laughs> I appreciate that. He knows yeah. how to push boundaries <laughs> on this guy who's clearly like feeling vulnerable and weird because he has amnesia. Like it makes sense. I love Otto Octavius, but you are giving this man so much credit. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just isn't trying to push it because he doesn't want Spider-Man to suspect that something's wrong. Sure. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. But I'm all here for, you know, respectful King Otto Octavius. Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) One thing I like about this story that this episode won't really get too much into, but it's like a fun thing to think about, is Spider-Man, as corny as it is, Spider-Man sort of coming to with amnesia, but still experiencing his spider sense and not really knowing what it is. I love that. And I wish that this episode had done more with that. Yeah, you're right. It comes up like maybe like two times, mm-hmm. but other than that, yeah, I agree. Because it is sort of a weird thing because it's such a strange, like almost kind of indescribable sort of sensation. And it's like, if you don't know what that is, what do you do with that? Actually, yeah, in general, like he has a handle on his powers in general throughout it, like pretty easily. And it would have been interesting to see him like what's web swinging like i don't know oh, i guess that would, that, would be, that would be too much i guess like that's probably it's probably sort of like the idea that his memory is wiped but like his actual personality and like muscle memory is all still intact so you yeah. can very quickly jump back into spider manning because that's all there yeah um, and i don't really yeah. know very much about like traumatic amnesia but i feel like that's uh true ish to the little bit i understand right it's not like you sure. have to like learn how to do Walk like again. you wouldn't have to learn what brushing your teeth is you know what i mean i don't yeah. think yeah well and, and at least in tv that's how it always works anyway so there you <laughs> go it's fine is yeah. tv real <laughs> sometimes somebody tell sometimes. us is tv real sometimes <laughs> yeah well, you know, Doc Ock does continue to kind of fill in the details, quote unquote, of Spider-Man's missing memories. And uh, Taina is like watching the entire interaction, which I think is a clever bit of writing that she stowed away, watches all this. So she gets all the exposition, knows exactly what's up and what's going on, recognizes that like there's nothing she can do right here in this particular moment. So she escapes, tries to find help. Unfortunately, every adult in New York right now is totally useless. Uh, she goes to a movie theater where there's like an Ed Wood film festival playing, which was an interesting detail. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of I love that. Um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It's so like it's so specific. And and she's like approaching like adults that are there. And there's one lady. She's like, lady, excuse me, ma'am. I need some help. And the lady's like, um, the movie's starting, little girl. Bye. Like, fuck off. So, like, <laughs> this little girl could be in real danger. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> could be lost. Like this lady is like late for my movie. No. Yeah, yeah. Far be it for me to like praise the police officer, but the police officer waits to hear her story before he's like, "Oh, yeah, okay, okay, kiddo." That yeah. woman like didn't even wait to find out like why this child was concerned for your Ed Wood film festival. Like, <laughs> come on, God. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, she does eventually talk to a police officer. But yeah, like you said, the police officer, he also is useless, but at least, yeah, lets her talk enough before being useless and telling her that she's just making it up and tries to like walk her home or whatever. Um, Or no, he doesn't walk her home. He says that, but then they, and he says that, but then they end up at the police station later. Whatever. I'm skipping ahead. Let's get back to where we're at right yeah, now. Yeah, he the basically just day. says like, let's find your family. I yeah. Think, is yeah. something to that effect. 
Yeah, I got I got <laughs> I got my wires mixed up of uh, what he was doing. Um, I I do like this uh, this next bit because back at Ox Lab, Spider Man is still questioning. Like, I don't feel like I'm a criminal. Like, this is weird. And so Doc Ock plays him a newscast of Jameson trashing Spider Man. But what I do like about it is that like obviously like Jameson does this all the time anyway, but this is coming after an episode where Spider-Man has done something that even Spider-Man admitted was a pretty bad move and like makes sense to be really horrible in the public's eyes. Um, I kind of wish they drilled that even more, but it is really smart to have like Jameson ranting as much as possible. And if Spider-Man learned even more about what he did about trashing an entire medical building, like the deeper he looked into that, the more he would actually believe like, Oh, I, must be a criminal, I guess, because everybody hates me and says that I am. The guy on the news says that I am. I must be a piece of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this this particular storyline, specifically with regards to it being amnesia and him being convinced by Doc Ock or another villain that like he's a bad guy, could work uh, like in a sincere way? now as opposed to like having to rely on it being funny because this is this is like sincere and like the comic story is like sincere like nothing like wacky is going on you know yeah i I think you could i think that it would have to be set up properly because i I don't think it could just be a regular day i think it would have to be kind of like they've set it up in these episodes where he has had kind of his worst moment right before having amnesia. So Mm -hmm. then it makes him harder. Like, I think that the interesting thing about the story is the weird push pull of like, well, wait, who am I? Am I like a superhero? Am I the worst person in the world? Like, do I want to be this guy that it seems like every, everybody in, in, in the city hates? Like, I don't think I want to get my memories back if that's the case. Like, I think all of that stuff could be played for drama. Um, mm-hmm. So as long as they sort of set, set it up and make the events around his amnesia, like, dire enough for him to have that push pull and consider maybe not wanting to remember who he is or not caring to. I think you can play it really well. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because I do think the thing that's sort of effective about this episode is that once he's like, con- once he's like marginally convinced that he's a criminal, um, even though he's sort of questioning it, questioning it throughout the episode, like I feel like he sort of retreats into just like trying to not think about it too much. Because every time someone's telling him like you're not a criminal, he's just like, uh. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. I got to go. Uh, this is all weird. Okay. Bye. Because yeah. it's like harder to acknowledge that like he's been lied to and that he's in this vulnerable place. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's just like such a funny sort of like, uh, like he, they, they do set it up well in this episode, but it's like so funny to think that Doc Ock is just like, no, 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 you're a bad guy. And he's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it, they layer it more than that, but it's like a funny funny thing Mm -hmm. that you like when you boil it down but yeah the more you sort of add layers to it the more it works out uh in a sort of sincere way it's all you know it's all rapidly done like the show always does but i think even even with uh the the, they give enough little bits and pieces to make it make it make sense well doc ock leaves spider-man uh to do his own thing uh for a moment because they're like in I think they're in a lab maybe at like fisk's place but i don't really know if they ever clarify that no um I, it would make sense, but I don't know if it's specific. And so Spider-Man alone is like, I don't even remember who I am. So he does take his mask off. And then it's like, I don't recognize 
the face in the mirror. Uh, this is bad. Hopefully someone knows who I am, which is terrifying. Yep. <laughs> Very terrifying. Scary stuff. <laughs> Speaking of people who can tell him who he is, back at the Watson home, uh, Mary Jane and Anna and Aunt May, uh, you know, they're wondering why is Peter missing dinner? Where is he? And Aunt Anna is like, wow, he's the worst person in the world and mary jane's like he's just got a bad memory and aunt may is worried just, you know it's the same yeah <laughs> it's that's what's been established it's what you'd expect <laughs> he's just yeah. got a bad memory <laughs> nailed it yep why don't you just text him mary jane <laughs> oh <you>? no <laughs> Well, yeah, and back at the police station, this is what I was referring to earlier and getting confused at because the 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 cop ended up taking Taina to the police station uh, because she's like refusing to tell him where her home is. Um, yeah. But while while she's there, there's this like chaotic interaction between a cab driver named Mousy, who we mentioned earlier, um, and a bad passenger, which I think he like didn't pay his fare or something like that. And Mousy basically brought him in herself. And like either way, it's uh like. Like I said, it's chaotic. She's talking to the cops, and they they're familiar with her, I think, too, because she probably does this. Probably brings in people who aren't paying on the regular. And while she, when she heads out, Tyana kind of has the opportunity to escape because the cops are distracted. She ends up in Mousy's cab. So once Mousy gets to the cab, she spots Tyana like immediately. So that's how these two characters end up intersecting. Yeah. So Tyana's in the cab. Mousy knows she's there, and initially Mousy's like every other adult, and is like, "Girl, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, little child, what what's going on? Nothing makes sense." And so, of course, Taina at this point gets like mad. She's like, yeah. "No one believes me because I'm just a kid, but I'm telling you, Spider-Man's in trouble. And like, if it were him, he would help people who needed help, and no one's helping him." Which like reminds Mousy of a time when Spider-Man saved her from a mugging. And so she's like, yeah, you know what? Actually, this kid is right. Uh, I probably should do something about this. If only because I kind of owe Spider-Man a little bit, even though she won't admit it. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I I like that. I mean, (laughs) she's like the, even before she gets involved with the plot of this episode, she's still like, the nicest person to Taina and like the actual, like most responsible one. Cause the fact that she does at least like offer her a, ri- a free ride home, she's like, I'll give you a free ride just because of your creativity with your story. It's like, yeah. that's the most any adult in this episode has done for her at all, <laughs> which is well, really she doesn't sad. condescend her. Like she, you know, yeah. like, like all the other adults like are condescending to, to uh, Taina. And even though Mousy doesn't believe her, she's still, like, talking to her like a human being, which goes a long way. Yeah, it does. It does. And, I mean, like, I feel like it's it's arguable whether or not she truly believes her. But she at least is sort of like, you know what, I, okay, I, I, let's say I believe you. I will go where we need to go. <laughs> Tell me where to go, uh, and I'll help. Because Spider-Man has saved me, so if he is in trouble, I do, you know. I owe him one, basically. So they rush off to find the building where Doc Ock was keeping Spidey. Yeah. And if nothing else, like, she recognizes, like, this kid is upset and I need to get them home. So if we got to drive around the block a couple times to convince her, like, we're good to go, I'll get her home and it'll be fine. Yeah. But instead, they literally, like, find Doc Ock and Spider-Man driving Doc Ock's weird tank. So... 
she knows pretty quick, like, Taina's not lying. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they do end up making it back to the building that Taina uh, escaped from and clearly remembers, which is great. Uh, Taina, on a number of occasions, I was like, oh, man, Taina's about to be, like, the annoying kid in one of these superhero shows. Never really does. I Like, even when she's, like, in the middle of things – she didn't like run in to try to stop Doc Ock. She like got information, got out and like used it. And then like remembered where she was to like lead an adult back. Like she's, she's pretty awesome. good for a kid in one of these shows. An eight year old kid yeah. too. Like yeah. she's not, she's not old Yeah, She's, she's, she rules. <laughs> yeah. She's doing her hero proud, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they, like I said, they do get back to that building. They do see Doc Ock's armored vehicle. Um, and Doc Ock is having Spider-Man, first off, hilarious that Spider-Man is driving the vehicle. Uh, yeah. Stopping back down on that because it's funny. Um, yeah. But has him going to someplace called Wellington Foundry where he says a specific casing or material in order to make a casing for the Argon Matrix laser is being stored. Um, so I guess he's getting ready to get the laser but needs some sort of casing or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, I, it doesn't I didn't matter. think about it too much, and now I'm thinking about it too much. No, uh, it doesn't matter. They're going places. <laughs> they're collecting yeah. pieces. They're going to put the pieces together and have a weapon. Uh, and Mousy's following them. So when they get to this Wellington foundry, uh, Spider-Man and Ock do separate, and Spider-Man ends up like climbing over a wall while Doc Ock continues to like drive to another part of the foundry. And this is where Taina actually spots Spider-Man and is like, aha, we found him. We're making progress. Uh, so she runs out of the cab to try to uh, catch up with or at least call out to Spider-Man. And of course, Mousy's like, hey, kid, don't do that. My favorite bit is like Spider-Man's kind of narrating to himself like he always does. Like, oh, you know, Ock's going to distract him while I get into the into the building. And he's like, good thinking, Ock, old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like he literally says that. <laughs> I guess it is old to him. It's like the first memory that he has is, is of Ock. Yeah. So it checks out. Well, and presumably Ock's probably telling him they're like best friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So Taina's approaching the fortress. There's a bunch of explosions that get set off. So, like, shit's getting real now. Um, and Doc Ock begins an assault on the base with his Octobot. Favorite line of the episode, they're not good lines. But favorite lines is the cops show up or the armed guards, whoever they are, show up. They're like, whatever you are, freeze. Which, first of all, Doc Ock is like a well-known person <laughs> in this universe. Whatever so you know, are. Whatever you are. Like, they've never seen it. Like, he's a monstrous. What are you? But he says, whatever they say, wherever you are, whatever you are, freeze. And then Doc Ock has the just amazingly, like, <laughs> incredible comeback. Did you say squeeze? And then squeezes them with his tentacles. Yep. Just unbelievably clever. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. He crushed that one and crushed them. I expect a little more from you, Ock, honestly. Yeah, I do too. Uh, that, that feels more like a like a like a, a rhino quip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess he's having fun, so good for him. But you have a bigger brain than that. You can come up with something wittier. Yeah, but a, you know, to be fair, a portion of his brain is being utilized to to operate the Octobot. So that's a good maybe point. his uh, maybe he's dedicating his joke writing uh, portion of his brain to the Octobot. Sure. 
There you go. He was giving him – oh, the squeeze thing was giving the Octobot instructions. Mm. So, like, actually, it was, like, a quip and instructions at the same time. Mm. You can't expect, expect your quip to be perfect when it's also, like – you know, doing something, you know, giving vital information. So there you go. It makes, makes sense. Glad we broke that down. Um, so like I said before, Ox, Ox uh, a distraction with his invasion. So Spidey's able to just covertly sneak into the Wellington Foundry in search of that casing that we were talking about. Um, and Taina and Mousy also sneak in to find him. Um, just as Spider-Man finds the alloy he's looking for, to which he says, why do I feel so guilty about stealing this? <laughs> which I love. <laughs> The, the the group converges, so he he ends up running into Mousy and Taina, um, and then the commotion of all of this happening uh, sets off the Foundry's security alarms. And eight thousand guys in uniforms with laser guns arrive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but right before that happens, Spider-Man sort of like senses that something's about to go wrong. Having that sort of like sense again, he has Mousy and Taina like go into a vent to like get out of there because shit's about to go down. So this ends up separating them like almost immediately after they meet up with each other. Um, Spider-Man's like ready to fight, I guess 800 guys with guns. Doc Ock is like, that's not happening. We're getting out of here. We've got what we need. Crashes through the wall, grabs Spider-Man, makes his way off with, you know, the casing alloy Spider-Man and his Octobot. And those 800 identical guys are left with nothing to shoot at. And Tiny and Mousy leave in the cab. <laughs> cool, good. Yeah, they don't just get back into their cab. Get shot down by the armed guards. Yeah, they're not just waiting in the goodbye. in the vent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're obviously Tiny and Mousy are obviously concerned uh, about Spider-Man going bad at the hands of Doc Ock because this is getting real real right here um they go to the the daily bugle actually and share their story with jameson hoping to clear his name <laughs> good luck you guys uh, i feel like they, they moved be... to new york yesterday uh, right like, <laughs> oh the one person who hates spider-man the most he will absolutely help us right oh yeah also love that like this cabbie and eight-year-old can just immediately get a meeting with the editor-in-chief of the daily bugle like at in the middle of the night like just immediately um, oh, no, they probably – they sneaked in. They just, like, sneaked up the elevator and just ran in without telling yeah, anyone. That's, that's how it worked. That's the only way it makes sense. They found a vent and climbed up. <laughs> they <found a> vent. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got back to Mary Jane and Anna and May watching uh, Jameson's story about Spider-Man and Doc Ock, which, oh, of course no. – Oh, <laughs> Peter's out there all <laughs> – Oh, Peter. Oh, no. What if he's cold? Oh, Peter, wear a sweater. Oh, he's getting pictures. He's always in danger. (laughs) That's all this scene is for. It really is. Literally for nothing else. Although, you know what's interesting is this, this, I'm just, I'm only just remembering this because I'm making fun of Aunt May, but um, this story is tied into Doc Ock renting the extra room in the Parker household after Peter moves out. And these episodes don't do that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a lot. It <laughs> would have been a very different episode. Yeah. I mean, it would it would have been a funnier thing and they wouldn't have included the Taina side of things. So I'm glad they yeah. didn't, but. Yeah. It would have um, been a weaker episode, but it would have been, it would have been nice to have a yeah. fun little silly comedy episode at the same time. But it does make sense that 
that they would be thinking about, you know, Aunt May (laughs) as they're adapting this story. Yeah, looking at Doc Ock, like, (laughs) oh, Peter, but that, hmm, that Doc Ock. (laughs) He's such a nice man. I'm sure Spider-Man just got to him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, like, as to be expected, the news report she's watching and then that we also see Taina and Mousy is listening to uh, is, uh, you know, Jameson just being like, Spider-Man is definitely a criminal now because he's working with Doc Ock. And they're like, damn, exactly what we expect, what we should have expected to happen, happened. <laughs> I know. Mousy's like, he double-crossed us. And I was like, one, you barely believed this story to begin with. And two, yeah, what did you expect? What did you expect? <laughs> Diana has even, like, even mentioned it in the last episode, like, that she knows that the Daily Bugle is trash yeah. when it comes to writing about Spider-Man. But, yeah, uh, whatever, that's true. Whatever. I mean, I guess it's probably also the only newspaper Taina knew to go to. Yeah, last last ditch effort. She probably went there looking for Peter Parker too. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and we just you know we don't really get we don't really get much of the Daily Bugle, but I could see that happening before the scene with oh, with, uh, with Jameson. That would have been such a valuable line to include. Like yeah. if she just says, "Where's Peter Parker?" when they arrive, mm-hmm. like that would have changed the entire way I viewed their decision to go there. Yeah, it would Damn. make sense because then Jameson just sort of becomes a last ditch effort because he happens to right. be there, right. and it would be. And the fact that the editor in chief is interested in their story is like, okay, you know what? Fine, we'll just go with this then. That maybe that's better than finding Peter Parker. Better than if nothing. You legitimately believe us, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So at the very least, Mousy is like all fired up about this. So she uh, calls her cabbie dispatcher to put out a call to every cab in the city to find Spider Man. I love this. This feels like it would be a movie moment. This feels like the construction worker cranes. (laughs) Yeah, 100% feels like the the post 9-11 Spider-Man New York City is is also a superhero movie moment thing. Yeah, you see Um, him like swinging through this. It would be a scene where he's like injured or something and he's like swinging through. I guess that kind of is what happens in Amazing Spider-Man, but... You know, there you could see them like. I guess it actually it's very much like that because the cranes are the crane operators are using their radios too, calling yeah. to one another. <laughs> That's why it seems it's so, so familiar. similar. <laughs> but just just the fact of New Yorkers helping, like your yeah, 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 regular run of the mill New York civilians helping Spider Man when he's in need. You know, yeah. it's, it's the same thing. Um, and they even get their kind of action movie moment at the end of the episode too. So, um, I do like just a a, a fun bit of trivia one of the cabbies like the beatnik cabbie guy um mm-hmm. that's that's jim krieg voicing him oh that's fun <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so the cabbie network they they do good work they track spider-man through the city um and meanwhile while spidey's like in in the battle van or whatever it is uh he starts seeing visions of madam webb who he of course doesn't recognize but like it's still freaky to see a lady show up in your rearview mirror telling you to remember. <laughs> It'd be freaky even if you did remember who she was. <laughs> yeah. He also, like, literally just met her, like, last like last episode. So, uh-huh. like, even if he had, yeah, if he had his full memory, it would still be like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, hours ago, right? Like, yeah, ha- have, yeah. Has, have days even passed? No, it's the, I think it's the same day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because he goes, because this is, this all, he's interrupted... In the middle of the night when he's taking Taina out for a swing, right? And he goes to Taina's directly after leaving Madam Webb. So he literally just learned who she was like hours ago. <laughs> so funny. That's funny. 
Like <laughs> Not it. a web's like this will help. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Good thing I don't have that much to catch him up on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons: Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike. Lillian, and Douglas. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Well, Doc Ock and Spider-Man return to presumably the Hardy Foundation to steal the laser once and for all now that they have the casing alloy. Um, and they are met by Taina and Mousy, who probably figured that's where Doc Ock uh, was headed. Um, oh, no, because the cab, the cabbies told him uh, where he was going. So um, that's right. They pick up the pick up the trail. So Taina begs for Spider-Man to remember who he is. Uh, and he begins to recall memories from last episode, uh, including the fire that he and Ock caused at the Hardy Medical Lab and his memories of meeting Taina. She's really sort of like the key component, um, I think, to really, really getting him to to be convinced that something's wrong as opposed to him just not remembering everything. Yeah. So Ock is like, who are these people? Uh, restrains <laughs> Mousy uh, and instructs Spider-Man to capture Taina. But of course, confused and suspicious that something is wrong, Spider-Man lets Taina go and lies to Doc Ock about it. Yeah, I I love like but what, what, right around when he lets her go, he's like, that "Girl, what is she trying to tell me?" And it's like she's repeatedly told you that she knows yeah. you and you're a superhero and she's you're not a criminal. Speaking English, Spider Man, she's not like a dog barking at you. <laughs> it's pretty clear what she's trying to say because she's saying it. <laughs> He's just in <laughs> denial. He's in denial. It's it's all too traumatic. Oh, Oy, it's so funny. <laughs> I fucking love Taina hopping through the window, the open window of the cab. Oh my like gosh. She, <laughs> right? Like one of the Dukes of Hazard just jumping right in, <laughs> hopping in through the window and grabbing the radio and being like, all right, yeah. cabbies, get to work. Yeah. It's great. That's bad for an eight year old. <laughs> that's, right? that's an impressive jump. <laughs> yeah, it really is. She's oh, she's definitely she has written like a twelve year old minimum. Well, this is yeah. not an eight year old, but no, it's fun. She rules. <laughs> <laughs> she's written like a twelve year old who wears an eight year old's clothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, like you said, Tyne is calling for help from the Cabby Network, um, and Mousy sort of like pushes Spider Man even further 
to remember who he is because he's like, who is this girl? Why do I know this girl? Like, what's who? Like, why? And, and <laughs> Mousy's so funny. She's like, how could you forget this girl? <laughs> She's the greatest. She's like yeah. known her for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. Right? I do love that this whole episode hinges on Spider-Man. Not, you know, meeting up with Aunt May or Mary Jane or something like that. It's like the girl he met. <laughs> Three hours yeah. ago. <laughs> the girl he met hours ago, who he, he is reminded is the greatest girl ever by a woman he met like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. That, a woman so that he funny. met after he was already in the like, yeah. amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it works because he, he continues to to sort of have memories. Like he, he recalls more of his meetings with Taina. He recalls more of what sort of led to him being uh, got by Doc Ock. Um, and he even starts to remember a little bit of Madam Web. And I'm sure some of this could have been, you know, knocked into place uh, by Taina driving Mousy's cab through the building. Um, uh, or I guess it might have been one of the other cabbies. When do they actually yeah. arrive? Yeah, it was it was one it was one of the cabbies for sure because oh, that cab is full of people. They would, it would true. be funny. It would be funny though if the whole group of cabbies like show up and Tyne is like, "Sorry guys, I'm driving. This is my fight." Does it not <laughs> feel like the most '90s thing ever though to have a kid drive a car through a wall? I feel like every sitcom Honestly. on uh, TGIF did that. Yeah, well, I know Full House did it. I don't know if other ones did it. But Family it does Matters feel like did a 90s it. Thing. Fam- oh, Family Matters that's did at do least, it. That's at least two. And I wouldn't be surprised if Step by Step did it too. But I don't yeah. know that one for sure. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like there were kids, like, live action movies, like, that, like, had a kid, <laughs> you know, a kid, yeah. like, the kid sidekick or the kid that was with Schwarzenegger drove a car, drove yeah. a car through the wall or something. I, that, I feel like that definitely happened too. Yeah. I just, I just, like, my brain just automatically put it in a weird nostalgic context and I just assumed she was driving. But yeah, now that I think about it, all of the cabbies were with her. So of course she was not driving. I don't know. My head canon is that, like, she forced them to let her drive. <laughs> or they were like, oh, you want to learn how to drive right now, kid? Let's do it. Future cabbie. <laughs> <laughs> Action cabbie. Um, but yeah, I mean, all this sort of happens at the same time. It crashes through the wall. Spider-Man continues to remember things. Uh, chaos reigns, really. Yeah, it's beautiful. So fun. <laughs> so yeah, this this whole thing, like we said, does restore Spidey's memories. It's obviously painful and hard and traumatic for him, but it's enough. It's like it's physically enough. hurting him, Yeah, which is I, horrifying. It, yeah, and uh, uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes does that like pain screaming very well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it in this episode, and it's uh, it's it's pretty visceral. Yep. But yeah, memory's back. Spidey's back. Spidey's Spidey again. So Spider-Man and Doc Ock turn their attention to each other and begin to clash, as we would expect. But ju- but 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 just as Doc Ock gains the upper tentacle, Taina's like. I got this, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> just like she said that when she drove the cab into the wall, well, the yeah. wall, which she just decided happened. She drove a cab into the wall, and now she's going to defeat Doc Ock pretty much single handedly. She puts on that, like the head controls, like the little the little visor thing uh, that controls the Octobot, and uses her brain to use the Octobot to restrain Ock. And Ock's like, oh, no, have I been defeated by a little girl? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, like, honestly the only time that anything she does is, like, sort of over the top. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, And it yeah. almost makes it fine because everything she was doing to this point was, like, so reasonable that when she gets here, you're not – you haven't been, like, beaten over the head with, like, the precocious child um, for, like, two episodes. 
So yeah. I didn't even like think about it when it happened. I was just like, well, of course, she's been doing good things to this point. Nothing mm-hmm. ridiculous well, about her controlling the Octobot. <laughs> I mean, they do, they do, I guess, like kind of set up that it's just like, yeah, it's just a one device where that you use your memories for. I mean, not your memories that you use your brain for that you just think through it. So if all she has to do is think, then I guess it would be easy to use. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um oh yeah and and not only that not only that but then after she uses it to restrain ock and defeat him she like takes off the the controls off of her head and just like chucks (laughs) it into the air she just fucking throws it off screen it's great i fully expected it to be a thing where she like threw it and it shattered and i was gonna be like of all the people to do that you chose the (laughs) eight-year-old to like throw and shatter a piece of technology with such force (laughs) or like explodes yep (laughs) That would have been great if it exploded. (laughs) (laughs) They used the exact same explosion effect from uh, the Doctor Strange episode. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh, man. Um, But, yeah, shortly after that, the police arrive to apprehend Doc Ock, and uh, Spidey brings Tahina home. He does um, share some regret over, like, putting her through so much. Uh, Yeah. She's like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, buddy. <laughs> a little bit. I know I got in his case last week, but I'm I I don't think I've changed my mind that much. Yeah, I yo yeah. He should, I guess he, she should have at least like took her, took her out somewhere else other than this. Like take her to like Coney Island, take her to the carnival, carnival, buy her some funnel cake and elephant ears. Like you know. It, are elephant okay? Actually, I was just at the state fair this weekend, so okay. I, I need to know. Are elephant ears like? Is that a regional thing? Like, do you know what that is? Does that sound insane for me to say it, or is that a thing that like everybody knows? No, that I know what an elephant ear is. I think okay. an elephant ear is like a common okay. thing. And I actually think I'm I'm trying to remember a comic I literally just read. <gasps> I think it's like in a Spider-Man comic. Even I think there's one where like there's some sort of joke about electro. Like there, I don't. It was probably a Coney Island thing. Electro um, made some sort of joke. Like he just eats. Like Electro eats elephant ears like eagerly, and it's like a weird thing. So like yeah, it's a national thing. Yeah, it wouldn't make it into like a big comic if it weren't. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, cool. Okay, that's good to know because elephant ears are my favorite fair food. So like. Yeah. So, do you anyway. have what's the one? What's the one where it's like not a big flat thing? A funnel cake. That's yeah. like a thing too, right? Yeah, yeah. Funnel cake is absolutely a thing. Yeah, I don't um, see why they wouldn't both. Elephant ears be... are just one of those things where the name is so like absurd that I was like, it sounds like I a s- specific regional thing. Yeah, that is sort of like I feel like this is a southern thing that like people in Virginia only know. Because <laughs> <laughs> who Cause, else would like, call it that? Who else would call it a fucking <laughs> elephant ear? Uh, maybe um, where is well, I, you know, Electro's from New York. I was gonna say, who knows? Maybe Electro's from the South, but no, that would have to be Kurt Connors, eh? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, cool. That was a cool tangent. Anyway, all I was saying, he should have taken her somewhere else, but it doesn't matter because she was like, Taina's like, I had the greatest night of my life, which is like a very eight year old thing to say. Like, yeah, I almost, we almost died. That was awesome. But anyway, it's still a sweet moment. Spider Man. Like, thanks, Tiana, for helping him. Obviously, she literally saved the day, like, in every sense of the word. But then she asks him for one more favor. Let her see his face so she can know who he really is. And it's really sweet. Because, uh... Spider-Man, I do remember that. Like, oh, as, yeah. as these episodes were playing out, I, like, more and more was coming back to me. Like, as it was happening, but then also, like, in anticipation of how things were going to play out. 
Yeah, so I think these it's are a pretty really, memorable. If even a, I can remember, I no, it's a definitely a very memorable moment because it is sort of like, I mean, especially when you're if you're a kid and this is like your first Spider-Man thing ever. He has never revealed his identity to anybody, so to 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 willingly do it, it you know, it feels like a big deal in and of itself. But in the context, it's sort of like, oh, <laughs> like it eh, makes sense. And maybe yeah. if I was a kid and he and could be showed my Spider-Man, best friend, he could be my best friend, and I would know who he is. But it is nice, yeah, because he's he's hesitant at first, understandably, but he's like. Yeah, I would the this this girl is a fucking badass and like saved my life. Like the least I could do is just show her who I am because she's proven herself over and over and over again in a single night. So he does reveal who he is. Um, she recognizes him instantly as Peter Parker, and it's a nice, cute little moment. Uh, yeah. She even vows to keep his secret, uh, and she says very pointedly, "I'll keep your secret for the rest of my life." Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it, there's a there's a, a nice poetry about the fact that like Spider-Man wouldn't even know theoretically that he's Peter Parker without Taina, so like to deny her knowing who he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's like I a cool it. something cool and poetic about that. I agree. I agree. I think these are really I think these are really well-written episodes in that regard mm-hmm. and just how memory and identity play into it. Yeah, much better than than plenty certainly not all i'm sure but plenty of of sort of episodes in this archetype where it's like superhero matched with random kid yeah yeah i think that's why it's never annoying and i think that's why like taina like works because it plays into these like heavier themes of of spider-man having and i start the the two-parter starts with him having an identity crisis having this person that sort of like represents a very particular part of his identity and why he should, you know, continue having his identity of Spider-Man reliving how he became Spider-Man and form this identity through his memory, losing that memory and thus losing that identity and needing that little girl again to help him like not only regain his memory and identity, but also gain like a new appreciation for the identity that he has. Like that's, there's something really, really beautiful. And like you said, very poetic about it. It's Mm -hmm. really, really well done. Yeah. And to pay gratitude with his identity. Yeah. Yes, 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 exactly. (laughs) well like you mentioned taina does vow to keep his secret for the rest of her life so they say goodbye for now um and spider-man is sort of once again teleported to the realm of madam web um like literally as he's stepping out of of taina's window um and she says that we have a job to do and that it will be spider-man's greatest challenge and of course he's like what the fuck uh, which we're going to see plenty of uh, until it really, you know, until it really clarifies itself. But um, yeah. that's that's all we get of her for now. Um, so yeah. the episode sort of ends with him confused about Madam Web um, and what his future will hold, but more assured of who he is and what his responsibility is than ever, sort of praising Taina for being, uh, as he says, more of a superhero than he'll ever be. Uh, yeah. And then the camera, quote, camera pans to reveal uh, what I was pretty confident I was remembering, <laughs> yeah. um, just I couldn't remember why I knew it, but that Taina lives at the Wish Come True Foundation for Terminally Ill Children. I you knew it. Yeah. <laughs> well, You're trying so hard not to tell me if I was right. It's <laughs> like, well, I'm quite confident. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, I knew that. I remember that going into it, but I didn't. But my memory was that 
it was never that explicit. Like I remembered like, oh, there's a sign, but he just like maybe swings by it. And it's in the background because they really avoided like hammering it in. I, my memory was not that the literal last shot of the episode was of that sign. Like that, that's <laughs> yeah. where we ended it with the musical sting after Spider-Man calls are like more of a superhero than he'll ever be. Like it's hammered in right there. Yeah. And like, so I, it was funny cause I was, as I was watching it before we got to like the last scene, I was thinking like, did I miss where he like swings by the building that has the name on it or something? Am I going to have to rewind it? And then that, that moment comes up and the episode ends. And like, I got really emotional, which is weird. Cause it's so cause, like, abrupt. It like basically the end of the episode is, is, is dropping it on you that like, Oh Yeah. When she said the rest of her life, it's not that long. Yeah, it punches <laughs> like, oh you in the God. fucking face. Yeah, well, and I think, too, it's sort of like you can, if you're, like, familiar with the comics, you can catch on to the hints and think, like, oh, you know, maybe they're sort of, like, paying homage to it and suggesting it. But, like, they're never going to act. They're not going to commit to that, right? Because it's a kid's mm-hmm. show. Like, it's a Fox kid's show. The show has all the censorship. So I do think that, like, it hits you like a ton of bricks. Like, it just fucking punches you in the face at the very end of this. That it's just like, no. It, that's what you were thinking is for real. Um, or if you weren't thinking at all, then it really does just come as a big shock. I think. Do you know when that happened in the comics? Like decade I wise? I don't remember when, uh, when that comic came out. Cause it feels like it either would have been a sixties thing or an eighties thing, but I feel like I haven't run into it yet. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know why I think it feels like a sixties or an eighties thing. That's just what my gut's telling me. <laughs> I bet it's a 70s thing just because that's the one decade you didn't mention. What's that? Um, I bet it's a 70s yeah, thing Yeah, probably. that's the decade you didn't mention. <laughs> yeah. It'll solidly be like the first issue of 1970 or something. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But I don't know. It really got me at the end, even though like I knew that that was the context for it. Like I was taken aback by how emotional I got at, at the last shot of it. Um, well, because it's devastating. I mean, it is. But it's just like, I don't know, it, just, it really just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, yeah. I was just like, damn, oh, wow. And I think I think part of it is sort of a better appreciation that, like, she's is a cool kid and too. Like, mm-hmm. it would be sad either way, but they, they build, like, your kid sidekick character that is really fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes it, so it makes it, like, doubly sad, you know? Yeah. And, and, and extra tragic and everything. Um, yeah. When it's in that context. But it also could make you appreciate more everything that happened in the past two episodes, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that she got to experience it. You know what I mean? Oh, so. I think so, too. Yeah, I think, you know, the fact that she did say that this was the greatest night of my life, like, yeah. I think that that's really nice. She got a, a gift that nobody else probably will ever get. And, you know, so, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really it's, it is really beautiful in that regard. Well, uh, I just got a face of the episode one face of the episode i didn't really find i don't when i was watching it, i didn't really pick up on anything particularly funny or whatever so i just put a really cool shot in that i like um that's it's just so eye stuff <laughs> it is eye stuff yeah it's on theme We're yeah it's it very back, on theme. eye stuff yeah especially for this show it's just doc ock with his like octobot headpiece pfizer controlly thing on mm-hmm. looking at a memory erased spider-man and spider-man's reflected in his sunglasses I don't know. It looks cool. I like it. Yeah, I dig it. I dig <laughs> yeah, it too. It's a cool shot. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what do yeah, you I, What do you think of this episode? I like it. I like I like this whole two parter. I think. Oh, it's, I was uh, going to say, what do you think of this episode on its oh. own? Oh, on its own. Um, I still think it's good. Actually, I like it. I think it's a really solid episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I I think you know. Really, I think the characters are good. I think it's 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 still it's fun to see a bit of a departure where Spider Man isn't really the main protagonist for most of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they do a good job writing around it. I think like it's it's interesting creating Mousy for this because I don't think she's a character from the comics, and then I don't think she ever appears again on the show. So like creating that character and giving her the role that they do, like. I'm not sure exactly where I land on it, but I think that she's still fun. And if they wanted just someone to just sort of represent general like New York civilians in that way, like I guess it works for that. I think um, they would. Ha- I don't think they'd have an episode without Mousy. Right. No, I agree with. I think, no, like, I agree the with. The only you. reason this even works as a two-parter is because they introduced the character of Mousy. Otherwise, like. There's like no reason for this to be two episodes long. <laughs> yeah, well, I fully, I fully agree with you. I think it's more dropping her into this one episode and not because I think it would have been interesting if she was set up a little bit earlier. Because um, mm-hmm. I think because she's not really introduced until like a little while into this one and then becomes prominent. That's what feels sort of weird about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would have been more interesting if they sort of established the world a little bit ahead of time. Whether that's in this in in you know the last episode or. I don't know, the episode before it or something somehow. But uh, this is also only like what the third episode of the season, so mm-hmm. how much planning could they really pre-planning could they have really done for it? So as yeah. it stands it works. That that was really my only like thing that I was unsure about, but it wasn't even a, a quibble or anything. It's more like I wonder if that could have been done better, but otherwise it's mm-hmm. fine. I actually like this episode a lot, I think the more I think about it. Yeah. I like I like the two-parter. Um the reason I asked about the episode specifically is just cuz like it's I think it is difficult to separate them out from each other aside from the fact that Mousy's in this one, which just mm-hmm. like automatically changes like certain uh it doesn't like change themes, but it adds themes. It it feels like uh it feels like a story that was too big for one episode that they then had to figure out how to like turn into two episodes. And I think given that they did like a pretty good job, actually. So yeah, yeah. I dig it. Mm-hmm. And I like all the like New Yorkers stuff. I'm a sucker for it. I've said it every time it happens in the movies uh, yeah. when we talk about those. Uh, so <laughs> I'm here for the cabbie network. <laughs> it definitely makes this two-parter in this episode itself stand out, I think, from most yeah. of the show for sure. Yeah. Like these are very memorable episodes yeah. think, for, for good reason. <laughs> so good stuff. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And Doc Ock stuff is always appreciated. Yeah. You can find other Doc Ock stuff and other good stuff on our Patreon. <laughs> at yeah. patreon.com slash wobblingwebsnappers. Join us there for lots of cool bonus episodes, often about Doc Ock, and often, usually, sometimes, about good stuff, too. Uh, yeah. But our content, at least. Our content is always good stuff. Sometimes it's about less than good stuff. But the content we make about the less than good stuff is also good stuff. So, yeah. there you go. Uh, also, check out our Discord. We've got a link in the show notes. We've had some people kind of popping in, starting up some conversation about movies and comics and games and stuff. Um, but we would love to have more. Um, and if you're already in there, check it out and maybe start a conversation or respond to the conversations you hadn't seen yet. We'd love to have uh, a cool community in there. Otherwise, if you'd like to find us individually, where can we find you on the internet, Doug? You can find me all over the place doing all sorts of things, but the best place to start is Twitter, where I'm at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. 
If you like Pokemon, you can listen to me on another show on the 4 Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me talking about them with my friends Katie and Vicky on Novel Gaming, where we catch up on all of the media we have been consuming lately. And if you are listening to this during the season that is Survivor 41, you can catch me talking about it simply as a panelist on Thursday nights on the Spy Shack podcast or wherever you get your podcast after the fact. And if you're not listening to this during the season, you can still message me about Survivor anyway. Derek, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube uh, under my video essay show Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. If you want to hear more from both of us together on another podcast, you can check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon. And we're watching every single Pixar movie chronologically. Our episode on Brave is out tomorrow, if you're listening to this episode the day it drops. Uh, And that's available wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find it on our website, along with all of our episodes of Walloping Web Snappers as well, at wallopingwebsnappers.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at wallopingwebpod. Or you can email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on any podcast platform you use that lets you do that. It helps other people find us. And if you like what we're doing, other people probably do too. We would love to have more people joining us. Next week... The OG Goblin finally makes his long-awaited appearance, finally, in the episodes The Sins of the Fathers, Chapter 4, Enter the Green Goblin. Yeah. Wonder who it'll be. Yeah, no idea. Hobgoblin again. Bye. Bye.